Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. The baseball season is winding down, but we're about to have the two biggest months of the regular season. So you're definitely going to be wanting tickets. If your team's in, con- in, in contention, you might be making a decision kind of at the last minute. You know what? It's Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and go. You jump on SeatGeek. And you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices, even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying, as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's 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 kind of how I know. I, I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it, it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 376 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Wednesday, August 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, now you have two mangled fingers, and you know what I'm going to say. Go to the doctor. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just saying. Oh, I'm going to say that as I, like, drag myself Yeah, I know. You're the, you're the freaking, you're the um, Monty Python thing. What is it? The Black Knight? I'm not a huge Monty Python fan, folks. I'm, I might have it wrong, but the knight who keeps getting his limbs cut off, yeah, it's just yeah. a flesh wound, I'm fine. That's you. That's you. On the basketball court, dragging a leg with a hand dangling. You're like, I'm good. Just pass me the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when I left the court today, I, I did sprain my other finger, and I had taped my, my previously sprained finger, the right one, and... Um, I, uh, when I, when I, uh, when I sprained the other one, I immediately taped it. So <laughs> it looked like Edward tape hands. I love it. I mean, but, um, I, I, yeah, at least it was better today. You know, someone who hadn't played with me in a long time pulled me aside at some point and said, you know, that I was much more aggressive with my shooting and I developed a lot more moves. And I was like, thank you. That's right. It's been a long time. I've, I've worked pretty hard on it. Well, good. That, yeah, you're improving. Obviously, that's that's always fun. You know, if you're if you're regressing and playing horribly or whatever, that would be that would be annoying. But uh, you're not doing that. That's that's good. You know, we got we got tons to talk about. So enough hoops. I hope you feel better. Got you on the injured list. We need to get you better. But speaking of injuries, yours. No offense, but it pales in comparison to some of the ones that have hit the uh, pitching ranks again. Remember, maybe like a month ago, we had an episode where we started off with like 
five or six starting pitchers going to the DL. We got four today. They're all high-impact guys, or potentially. Uh, we'll start with Aaron Nola, a guy that this podcast, thanks to the research that you'd done, was um, confident about turning it around. I think maybe if we had known that he was hurt, we might have said something differently, but it was looking like a mechanical thing mixed in with some bad luck if he could kind of work through it. We saw Aaron Nola maybe getting back on track. He mixed in a few good starts that that you know only buoyed that uh, the the confidence that we had, and that now he's going to hit the DL and could be done for the year. Where are you currently on on Aaron Nola? Obviously, this year is is probably a wrap. But how much does this impact you for next year? You know, you know, one of the things that was mechanical that we really should have that should have set off alarm bells a little bit more with us, perhaps. And, and usually does. I don't know. Maybe we looked at the injury finder. Maybe we didn't. But um, usually changes in arm slot are meaningful. That's true. And, you know, that was one thing that we talked about with Aaron Nola was that, you know, a slightly different arm slot had led to slightly different movement. And I thought, you know, he can tweak that and um, and find that arm slot again and find, the, and find his command. You know, but the reason that arm slots move, it's also relevant not to um, – you know, get on the segue too fast. But, uh, you know, Lance McCullers, when I talked to him about why his, uh, you know, also injured today or, or also went on the DL today or was confirmed injured today. Anyway, who, who, uh, Lance, who, who was that? Lance McCullers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a guy that we did hit on as being hurt because he had told you. And so we gave that caveat saying, you know, he was still having, finding some success, but he was in fact pitching hurt. So uh, Lance McCurves, uh, Lance McCurves. I like, I like that one. Hey, this is a nickname <laughs> episode, folks. We're going to, we're going to pre-wire you here. We're, we're, we're throwing out nicknames for guys. Uh, this started with a perfect, um, Typo. To, don't tell. Don't tell them. Don't yeah, tell them. It, that's You'll where it started. Out the one. We have. We have one ready for you. The rest will all be Made off up. the seat of our pants, yep. uh, pulled straight out out of our butt cheeks. I like and Lance McCurves. That one is is sticking. That one's fantastic. You did that not one is, prep me for that well, one, and I love it. And then and and that's just uh, so you, we know it's not McCurves. That uh, we the perfect one. I think you, you, it'll really stand out. But anyway, um, McCurves told me that his arm slot was different because his shoulder hurt and uh, that he was trying to find one that didn't hurt. He literally told me that, and that's something we talked about on this podcast, and I think it's not so surprising to have a guy say that, oh, I'm trying to find my way through this pain I already have to, to have pain somewhere else. So uh, I think hopefully I prepared, we prepared some of y'all for you know the McCullers injury. We should have maybe noticed that with, uh, with no. Yeah. Uh, so Nola likely done. I feel like you can cut him everywhere. How interested are you going to be in him for, for next year? This doesn't seem like something that's going to be a, a long-term issue. It does seem like something that, you know, the, the, the next two months plus an off season for, for his elbow, I don't know that they're talking doom and gloom of, you know, this could be Tommy John. So I don't think we have to go that far with it. How do, you, how do you feel about Aaron Nola going forward? Is this a situation where you're going to take a buy opportunity in a dynasty league if you're maybe on the uh, the outside looking in of contention? You know, I am I am still interested in him. And, you know, it is one of those situations where 
he's going to be cheaper to you in a dynasty and keeper situation right now than he would be if the news comes out that it's not a big deal and they're just going to rest him. So, you know, this might be an opportunity, you know, and, you know, honestly, even if it is Tommy John, you know, if the situation is right, then I think you should go for it. Might still buy. Okay. Because, you know, he's young enough. He hasn't had Tommy John before and he was good enough before it that, you know, everything has to be aligned. It has to be the kind of thing where you keep everyone. You could keep someone on your DL for most of a year, you know, that sort of deal. Um, but uh, it would be an interesting time, especially since in that in that sort of situation, you can, you know, sell your Hisashi Iwakuma maybe for an Aaron Nola because the team who has Aaron Nola needs pitching now is, you know, the guy's hurt right now. They're just, you know, jettisoning a hurt pitcher. And you, you know, Hibakuma could be hurt tomorrow anyway. So, you know, there there are certain names and certain situations where I think it would make sense to buy an Aaron Redraft, obviously not. Uh, you know, like keep, I think keep five, obviously not. Keep yeah. ten, probably not. Beyond um, beyond keep ten, and then, of course, Dynasty, you can start to consider it. Yeah. We have a breaking news bulletin coming into the Sleeper on the Bus podcast. Oh my God, what's going on? Clayton Kershaw has been moved to the 60-day DL. The earliest that he can now return is over three weeks from now. August 27th would be the earliest that Clayton Kershaw can return. How does this change his fantasy outlook, you know? Clayton, Clayton Hurtshaw, by the way. There we go. Oh, that was not planned. Nope. Uh, how could it be? It was breaking news. Exactly. Um, uh, I don't know, man. You, you, you still got to hold him because when he comes back, especially H to H or something, you know, you got to hold him because exactly. when he comes back, it's going to be amazing, probably. And you, you got to imagine. I, I can't imagine cutting him or even trading him cheaply because Kershaw right now, someone's going to try to hold you over the barrel. I think it's a pure hold situation unless you get get that that one person who is is ready to freaking you know go for it and say i'll give you something substantial i don't unfortunately i, I say that throw that word out i don't know exactly what that what that's that, that'd be something that you'd have to judge like what what would you feel comfortable with you know as something substantial let's say a head-to-head league because i think that that is where it's most pertinent because you get him back i mean even in a, in a roto league you're going to get him back ideally for like a, a month plus, and he could still impact the uh, the bottom line there. But in the head-to-head leagues, really where Kershaw, even with just a month and a half um, left on his season, if he comes back perfectly, of course, can still be high impact. What what does it take for you to, to make that move then? I don't know. What about like an Adam Wainwright, Mark Melanson pairing or something? That's interesting. I think I would, I would do that. You know, like, you know, on one side could say, well, I'm fighting to get into the playoffs and I just need guys and Wainwright's pretty good and, you know, I need saves or whatever. And you're saying, maybe you're saying I'm in first and I have four closers. I think I can find another closer in the meantime and uh, and then, you know, really stack up for, for the, the playoffs. You know, that's it. In this scenario, the Kershaw team has fallen on hard times a little bit because likely uh, Kershaw's injury, you know, and like you said, they're kind of clinging to a spot or maybe fighting for a spot. That would be an appealing trade to me, something like that. I think you did hit it on the head there, maybe like a Quintana and a closer, something in that range, the Wainwright-Quintana range with a viable closer. I feel probably, like. You probably have to it probably has to match up that way where, you know, the guy who's in first is, is trying to get 
uh, Kershaw for the end. So, yep. yep. Okay. A bit of a gamble even for the guy in first, but no doubt. No doubt. But, a, but a decent one where you know there's they, they didn't announce that he's having surgery yet or anything. So, um, and if, if maybe you have to negotiate those names down, maybe it's. Um, you know, Porcello and, and him, or Maida, Maida, and uh, and instead of your number one or two closer, maybe it's Maida and A.J. Ramos, and you figure maybe A.J. Ramos just lost his job today, yeah. you know? Yeah, and we will talk about that later. God, I'm so uh, bad at that. No, it's, all, it's it. all right. It's Stop good. it. We're going to dive in on that. It could be a dire situation. In fact, we'll, we'll pre-wire you right now since it's going to be a few minutes Go go see if Fernando Rodney's on your wire. You might you might want to scoop him. We'll we'll, we'll set it up that way because we're going to get to AJ Ramos uh, a little bit later. There are also some other new closers out there who you might be even more interested in than, than Rodney. Not to say that Rodney's been bad this year, but uh, a couple guys who just took over roles could be particularly intriguing. You mentioned Lance McCurves goes to the DL. You know if there was a silver lining to to a DL stint for, for Houston there. Uh, it's the fact that they got to showcase a new call-up, a guy that we have talked about in the past. Joe Musgrove was able to – it was it essentially ended up being a tandem start. McCullers went four and two-thirds, pretty good innings, seven, uh, scattered seven hits, two runs, one walk, six strikeouts. Uh, the two runs came on solo shots from Bautista and Encarnacion. No harm there you know, when, when you're letting up bombs to those guys. And then uh, Musgrove came in and said – I'm not going to give up homers to those jokers. Those guys can't do anything against me. Four and a third, one hit, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. More like Joe Muslove. Am I right? There we go. Yeah, yeah. Am I right? Am I right? So, uh, to his what uh, to his page, we talked about Musgrove. Uh, let's see, I, sh- I, I should have tagged him in it. Yeah, for the futures game, this, the the January January the July eighth podcast, we discussed him, and I think we said some positive things about him, and it piggybacked with a piece that you were you were fixing to put to, put together about Phil Bickford and Joe Musgrove and their command. Now we see him up. He could. He, it looks like he's going to jump right in here. This obviously was something where he filled in for for McCurves in that start. I think he's going to take the uh, rotation spot as well. How do we feel about uh, Joe Muslove going forward? He's really, really interesting. He throws a one seam uh, fastball. The old one seamer. And one seam fastball. It's a very strange pitch, um, in terms of uh, what it looks like when you watch it. Um, and I think when you look at uh, at his pitches, I think it's the what, what is showing up as a sinker, because what you get, what he gets from it, is sinker drop out of the pitch, but he doesn't get very good fade on the pitch. Um, and so it kind of, it's not a cutter, but it kind of looks like a four seam in terms of horizontally. It looks kind of straight, but then it it drops. So. I think that's going to be an effective pitch for him. He threw six of them. Uh, it's not necessarily his number one pitch. His number one pitch is the four seam because he can really spot that, and he's really good at commanding it. But that one seam is also another pitch that he likes to throw, uh, and he threw six of them and got a whiff. And I think it's going to be one of his whiff pitches. It's almost like his cutter or something. You know, It's his hard pitch that will get him a whiff. His slider only averages 82, so he's going to use that more like a curveball. It also has a lot of break. Uh, a lot of drops. So uh, I think he is a very interesting guy. 
He's a little bit over the top, so he doesn't have really great uh, side-to-side movement, but he does have a ton of drop on all his pitches, and he has that weird sinker-cutter thingy, the one seam, that I think will really last him. So I think at least the first time through the through the league, he's you know, got to must-love him. But uh, when, you know, it's interesting to see what happens when people get more video on him, see that sinker more often. Is the changeup going to be good enough? Is the slider going to be good enough? It's sort of a soft, slurvy thing. Um, and we'll have to find out uh, a little bit more about him. I would treat him as a spot starter, and so therefore it's not really a great pick for, I think his first matchup was against the Rangers, who just retooled, got Lucroy. That offense. By the way, I didn't plan to to talk about him again because we actually literally just talked about him on the last episode we did together. But Dylan Bundy, not impressed with the new Rangers lineup. Actually said it was a soft piece of garbage. He said they were. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say anything about him. But he his, said it with his, his with his pitches, with his 88 pitches <laughs> of seven innings of of scoreless ball with one run, or excuse me, with one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. That's how he said it. He didn't need to use words. Dylan Bundy flat dominated them. So we'll give a quick he revisit. So, he is so nasty. And in fact, if you're looking for a Nola uh, or uh, McCullers replacement in these in in the kinds of leagues where you know Bundy is available, which I, I think you know he's sixteen percent at ESPN to give yeah. you an idea. I mean, he's I think Bundy's, Bundy's still out. Great. He's going to be I think, and I think uh, you could almost actually drop. I mean, McCullers is a little bit harder because they're talking about doing a couple weeks, but you know, in the kinds of leagues where Bundy's available, I think you could drop McCullers for him just because Bundy is sexy time right now. Oh man! And by the time. By the time you know, by the time he's done, uh, you can move on. If Bundy has a you know an innings limit, go back to the pen or something like that, um, or McCullers gets some good news, then you can find someone else to drop. You gotta you gotta move sort of fast. So, um, oh man, just really really impressed. Again, we have to reiterate where we were with this guy in November. The quote from Eno Saris was. If he didn't have the name on the back of his jersey, yeah, we wouldn't have looked up. I don't bring it to I don't bring it up to clown. I know, you. I know. I bring it up to show where he's come from. It just because kills me, man. we wouldn't I, you know, it's funny though, it actually to the people that were saying, you know, he's he's on his way back and stuff, and I was saying you wouldn't say that if he didn't have his name, it actually sort of vindicates them in a way because what they were saying was we've seen great stuff from him before. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's on the mound and healthy and showing us anything means he's on his way back. In a way, they're right. You know what I mean? It's like sure. I was saying right now he looks like, you know, turds. <laughs> but, you know, they were saying, yeah, but he's out there. He's doing it. And in the past, he's been great. So, you know, it's 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 a real hard thing to keep both of those ideas in your head. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, because we have so much recency bias. We we say what he looks like turds now. He's he's turds. So you gotta you gotta be able to say well. Well, here's you know, the thing too. Zoom out a little bit. When you talk about the draft season, right? He was never a consideration in ten or twelve team mixers, no matter what. But when you start getting in those deeper leagues, we talk about Dylan Bundy and what he did in the Arizona Fall League and how unimpressive it was, and the fact that the team was saying he's not going to start right now. He can't because we can't. We certainly can't start him the whole season. It was a situation of like, well, what's what's really going to happen here? Because 
they couldn't even put him to the minors to really stretch him out anymore. He was out of options. So it was a really dire situation that we were kind of dealing with right now in t- for fantasy terms. And what Bundy needed to do was exactly what he did. He needed to go in the bullpen, get some of these longer stints that they were able to find for him. I think they did a really good job handling him, which is a rare thing to say about Baltimore with a pitcher because they've not been going too well with pitcher development of late. They did well here. I will give them credit. And they kept him on these two and three inning sorts of deals, and it was going well. And then all of a sudden they said, listen, we're going to have to bring him into the rotation. He's he's acquitted himself extremely well, gotten better virtually every start, and now he's in here for the rest of the season. I mean, he's a guy to go out and get, and he's right he's right back to feeling as happy as we did, you know, when he was a, a, an elite level prospect. I, I think I think. But it's really interesting level. is that when he got when he was a prospect, he was drafted by the Orioles. Everyone said, "What about your anti cutter stance?" And they said, "Well, we're we're making him take it away. The cutter was his best pitch." And now look at Bundy. He's throwing a splitter. Yeah. And there's other teams that are, that won't let anybody throw splitters. It's it's like uh, beyond the looking glass a little bit. But, uh, you know, so he's got this nasty-ass splitter. Uh, now he's throwing a curve, and the, the fastball is back up to 97, sitting 95. It's, uh, it's good stuff. In this league where I just lost McCurves and uh, Areola... <laughs> I don't know if that one's going to stay. That, no, let's, let's never say that again. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron Nola. I'm dead. Uh, I'm dead on that one. So, uh, uh, Nola, I lost both of them. It's 11-teamers, though, so I'm not too sad. It's, i just got to keep plugging. What I'm going to do most likely is, and I hope no one's, oh, my God, they're listening. But And I don't care. I'm going to pick up Joe Ross because he's got one more start and then he comes back and he's got wins upside. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not an elite guy, but neither were the guys I lost and he no. won't be a ton of strikeouts, but you know, he gives enough strikeouts and I actually think that slider is so elite that I think he can be kind of like his brother. I'm not sure if he can be 100% Tyson Ross, but I think he'd be kind of like his brother. And he's going to tamp down, I think, home runs. I don't think he's going to have league average home runs with a, with a great slider like that. So I'm going to pick up Joe Ross. And um, the other guys I'm looking at, Trevor Bauer, uh, who goes to Washington next. Um, I think that's, you know, even though Washington's a good, and I'm, yeah, I've got, you know what I've got open is the opponents tab. Um, so uh, I think I might pick up Trevor Bauer. Drew Smiley's out there, but. Uh, the next opponent he's got after KC is Toronto, which you don't, you'd have to mess really hate yourself to want to uh, go through that. Yeah. I love Drew Smiley, and I think that there's a chance that he does tamp down the home run bug a little bit, but he's not going to do it in Toronto. <laughs> no, that, that that's less about Smiley and more about Toronto. You just you don't want to mess with that lineup right now. They're they're back clicking. You know, even, like I said, even McCullers, McCurves in a, in a good outing there still gave up two solo shots to their studs. Uh, they've got that, that that lineup is going again. They're playing well for sure. Let's get back on the, uh, the other one other name, uh, Brandon McCarthy. Oh yeah, and he's been pitching really well. Now he he survived Coors, I guess, a little. Well, maybe not. He only went three innings. I thought he went five. Um, went three innings, five it was walks. Not a great start. It was not a great start. And. You've said that you, in, in your talks with him, this isn't a surprise, but but he's highlighted just how much he hates Coors. Oh, my God. He he can't stand it. And it, it like, comes up when we're not talking about Coors. <laughs> They're not on the schedule for three months. He's like, you know what I hate, by the way? Yeah. Freaking Coors, man. 
he's like, oh, this is kind of like when you're in cores. Uh, yeah, so he has a, he has a, oh, oh, that's sort of breaking-ish news. Uh-oh. Did uh, Jake Barrett just blow this game? Oh, no. Did he? Well, or did, do they pitch Jake Barrett in the eighth? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a look here at the box score for I'm it. looking at Mark Melanson right now. Or do they pitch Jake? Uh, they pitched Jake Barrett in a loss. Oh yeah, they sure. Wow, and he got clocked. Yeah, they were down. This was not a safe situation. And oh no! And they, why is it eight three? What happened? Jake Barrett did that. Oh. Yes, he he went two thirds of an inning, gave up four runs on five base runners, two hits, three walks. Uh, neither of his two outs were strikeouts for Jake Barrett, a, a newly installed closer in a non-safe situation, mind you. They got nobody though. They, I think they might stick with him for a little bit. No, they I, got nobody else. I don't think this is gonna hurt him. I think he'll he'll get a better leash than this, especially in a non-safe situation. Now, if he if he'd blown an actual W, might be something different. But no, in this case, yeah. I, I think he's gonna get to uh, hold it. Now, sit down for this one. I'm gonna describe Max Scherzer's start, and I know it's gonna really blow your mind. Eight innings, 11 strikeouts, one walk, two homers. It's just so weird to see him be amazing outside of a couple homers. Jake Lamb and Yasmani Tomas got him. Jeez. How do we feel feel about Tomas, right? Because this guy we we clowned on in the past, came around on early in the season. He fell back. We've yo-yoed with him just because he kind of yo-yos around. You add it all up right now. He's got 19 homers, does Yasmani Tomas, with a 270 average and 807 OPS. He's pacing toward an interestingly weird 30 and 70 sort of season. 30 homers, 70 ribbies, which is usually with 30 homers, you can get more RBIs than that. But that's why RBIs are kind of weird. He's only 47% owned at uh, at ESPN leagues. Should it be higher or with the prevalence of home runs? Is Tomas just uh, a solid, if unspectacular, guy? You know, the one reason that I was so excited about him early on was that he had changed his swing rate. He changed, yeah. You know, he's swinging more than ever. One of the the heftiest heftiest swingers in the league. I mean, uh, reaching and swinging. It's not a fat just, joke, by the way. No, I, I just yeah, I didn't mean it. It was volume. Uh, it was volume. Yeah, just yeah, just swings a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, and, you know, uh, I also liked his ground ball fly ball changes, which actually have stuck a little bit. He is hitting the ball in the air more. And so it's not it's it's not quite a Jose Abreu situation. You know, before it was the Jose Abreu situation where you're kind of like, how's this dude hitting 30 homers? He's hitting like 55 percent ground balls. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is still kind of like Jose Abreu. And um, because he's still hitting 49 percent ground balls, but he hits the ball hard. Slightly better plate discipline, you know, slightly better body this year. What speaking uh, of, and this is this is the, the tangent episode, Jose, I hate you. Uh what's up with eleven bombs nice. and a two sixty nine average out of him this year? Oh uh, well, I, I you know, I, there was a great piece on Jeff Sullivan where he said this guy can is great on the outside corner. He's an oppo bomber type. And um I guess I hate you just uh he just can't – he can't – they started throwing him inside, and he can't take that the other way, and he yeah. hasn't – he's not a pull hitter, I guess. It's a bummer because I – if you, if you watch Joey Votto – got a piece coming out of ESPN tomorrow. If you watch Joey Votto, he's not great on the inside either, and pitchers always want to throw him on the inside. And all that Joey Votto does – and Paul Konerko said something similar in, in the opposite. Uh, Paul Konerko told me, I only hit enough 
oppo hits so that they come inside. Ah, just because all I want to do is lure them, them in. Yeah, all I got to do is get them off the outside so that uh, so that I can pull the ball again. And I think Joey Votto basically he hasn't ever told me in this in these words, but we've danced around it. We've talked about the inside pitch. We've talked about taking the inside pitch over the shortstop's head. We've talked about pulling the ball. We've talked about this. We talked about him being crowded, all that stuff. And I think uh, this piece tomorrow really put it in focus for me, where they were they were pitching him inside early this year, and he was taking it because he just doesn't like that pitch so much, and. He decided, okay, fine. I got to swing at it. Did some damage on those pitches. They went back to the outside, and then he he went for he he he, flew, he had fire. You know, uh, fire is my nickname for Joey Votto. It's about that. One. That's okay. fine. I, he's fire. He's yeah. hot fire. Fire God. Oh no, no. I actually have a better one. What? I have a better one. This one's an actual an actual one. Joey Tight Pants. Oh yeah, Joey Tight Pants is a great <laughs> is a great nickname. Uh, did you see him yesterday? By the way, his little yeah. his little dust up with the fan. Yeah. The thing of it is, the thing I reason I love him. First off, I loved the the event that that he was he was not proud of himself for reacting that way. Basically, for those of you that didn't see it, what happened was he's going for a foul ball at home, and basically a Cincinnati fan interferes with him instead of kind of getting out of the way and letting him catch it. It was a very catchable ball in the first row there, and he kind of tugs at his shirt. The guy was wearing a Cincinnati shirt, like you're for the home team, dude. What are you doing? And you know. Don't want to put your hands on anyone. I think that's what he was, what he felt really bad about was was even if it wasn't, uh, you know, hurtful, it was physically aggressive, and and I think he wanted to, you know, he felt bad about that. So he wrote he wrote on the ball, basically apologized. Sorry, I was a little bit heated there, but we're good. And he took a picture. I just I love Joey Votto. I just I absolutely love that Canadian some bitch. He's he's just great. He's just absolutely awesome. Even when he loses his cool, he realizes it apologizes and goes right. back to being Joey tight pants, the God of life. And you know, honestly, it wasn't the coolest thing in the world to do. I can't, I can't claim that it was, but at the same time, these guys, they were competing and the guy had forever to get out of the way. That's the thing. It was, this and was not bodies for a while, like a pair of seals, you know, and, <laughs> It was and, not uh, like a, a mix-up sort of thing. It was like, get the hell out of, like, this is not yeah. your foul ball, man. <laughs> this is an out right here. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's probably a decent amount of frustration by players. I mean, do you remember how Felipe Lou lost his ever-loving Boy, mind? Moises and Lou freaked Boy, so, a temper oh tantrum. God. Basically a toddler who didn't get the <laughs> yeah. figurine that he wanted in the target. Like, he <laughs> went bananas. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I totally get it. And that's why, like I said, I that's why I understand the reaction by Votto, even though you don't want to put hands on – on somebody you don't know, even if somebody you do know, you don't want to put hands on people as a reaction to, to something that you don't like. You just can't go to that. So I get why he apologized and he was right to do that. But the the reaction itself was kind of funny because he just kind of grabbed his shirt like, dude, you're for the Reds. What are you doing? Get out of my way. And, uh, you know, again, ma- made amends there. The, the fan seemed to be comfortable with the resolution there and, and, and so it's it's all good but uh we gotta get back on the negative news we gotta talk more more injuries we got two more guys danny salazar to the dl you kind of had to know maybe something was coming we'd seen a few bad starts and i was i was reluctant to overreact to them thinking okay just a couple starts here but then he just got an utter shellacking uh what was it like seven six earned in two innings his second six earned run outing in his last four starts. He has gone more than six. He had gone more than six innings just once in his last four. 
just a bad month of July, opened up August horribly, 788 ERA in the last five starts for, for Danny Salazar. If he hadn't gone on the DL, uh, the, the, the DL alone obviously hurts, but even if he hadn't, I think that those five starts basically took him out of the, uh, the Cy Young contention there because he was toting a low two ZRA and he ramped it all the way up to 338 with those five starts. Salazar on the DL, unfortunately not the biggest surprise. He's, he's been kind of, he's had bumps before. How do you feel about, about Danny Salazar now with an elbow injury? You know, if we, if I had casted with you any time in the last, you know, four or five days, I would have said something because I saw this great tweet from Jordan Bastion and it came, it came up before. Huh? Yeah, it was excellent. By the way, you got to follow Jordan for for any Indians news. Good, good writer. Jordan Bastian uh, tweeted in the like in the middle of the start or right when when Salazar came out of the start. Uh, he tweeted that, that Salazar of Slytherin's uh, velocity had actually <laughs> dropped uh, like for five or six starts in a row, and that uh, to, that in his last start he was sitting like ninety two, ninety three. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and I and I and I, I snuck that one in there. But by the way, that's just uh, Hogwarts nonsense. I, I, uh, I knew it. I'm actually I don't know Harry Potter, but I know that from just, you know, kind of being around pop culture and knowing uh, he, he uh, Salazar Slytherin was the founder of House Slytherin. Oh, uh, well, nice. So, that, that, we're killing it. The, the yeah. nickname episode, I think, is on fire. Don't forget, y'all. You can send in your, your guess on the tweets of which one of these nicknames was an autocorrect. One of them was an <laughs> autocorrect that, that we said we got to start just coming up with nicknames for guys My now. Areola. You, uh, so, you, you uh, already know that uh, that McCurves wasn't. We gave you we gave you a clue on that one. It wasn't McCurves. So we, can, we can shorten it to uh, Slytherin. We don't need uh, the whole so, thing. So Slytherin but, uh, has an elbow injury. They say no structural damage, but the writing was on the wall. I missed it, by the way, and I, I do the, I do this piece over at Rotowire where I investigate pitchers every week, and I go through a lot of them, but I'd, I'd skipped them a couple weeks. Again, because I was looking at these stars, I said, okay, they're not good, but the strikeouts are still there. We're not seeing – the walks were actually getting better, which was weird because he'd, he'd been walking guys all year. And then lately it was one and two instead of the three and four and fives that he'd been putting up. So I thought Salazar was just going through a rough period. I didn't check the velocity. Maybe I would have seen it ahead of time as well. But now we're, we're looking at a situation where I, I, I think he's going to miss a little bit of time here, more than the two weeks is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I can't imagine if he's dropped all this and he's – I mean he's talking about fatigue and stuff. I mean, two weeks is like, you know, they probably rest him for two weeks and they start bringing him back. Exactly. Uh, and then you're talking about three, four weeks. There's only eight weeks left in the season. That's tough. Now, I, I hope don't... you don't have a lot of people on your DL. If you don't have a lot of people on your DL, you don't have to worry about it. Bingo. Just put them on your DL and move on. Okay. But if you do. Next up, what, what if you have both of these guys? You could very easily. There's the, Here's the thing. With all four of these guys – there are teams that I'm sure we'll hear from on Twitter where you could have three or four of them. It, it, it's not hard to have seen where the, based on the rounds that they went, maybe the construction that you put together to have yeah. several of these guys. Julio Tehran is the next one. Now, 
it certainly doesn't hurt you necessarily from a win standpoint. He only had three, but Tehran was pitching so well. 281 ERA, .97 whip. His strikeouts were back up to eight per nine. Walks were at 1.9. I mean, he was having a really nice bounce-back season from what he did uh, last year, basically looking a lot like that uh, that 2014 version, except for in 2014 he won 14 games. Again, this year only three. How do you feel about Julio Tehran going on the DL? Well, I think the Shah is way more replaceable. I mean, uh, you know, the the Shah of Terror on there, he's uh, <laughs> the Shah. Going, ge- I love going geographical on that one. I like. Uh, he's the most replaceable. If you if you had a bunch of these guys, I think you know lat strain doesn't sound that bad, but um, you know I, I think it is pretty bad. They linger. You think and- lat- you think lat's going to be a problem? Yeah, I do. I do. What do I think is going to be worse? I guess the elbow is the worst, is yeah. it? I mean, shoulders are really the worst. McCullough's got the shoulder, the shoulder and elbow problem. But but to your point, those lats really linger. By the way, lat and oblique are somewhat interchangeable. Or do I have that wrong? No. Yeah, that's all. I think you know. I think they used to be called like rib cage. Yeah. When you get uh-huh. something there, it seems. I, I don't know. If this may be just my Zach perception. Frankie. Yes. Zach Frankie. How long has he been out? It was supposed to be two weeks. Exactly. Those yeah. things linger. I, re- I recall the uh, the one that Doug Fister had as a Tiger a few years ago yeah. where it was being said as, oh, it's going to be so quick and easy, and it just wasn't. And then it affected him when he did come back. And you're not allowed to pitch until you can't feel it anymore. Exactly. So, so this is they tough. say two weeks, and then they're just going to be like, do you feel it? And he's going to say, yep. And they say, okay, two more weeks. So, mm-hmm. And you know what are the, the Braves doing right now? So – I don't know. I kind of feel like, uh, you know, obviously Noel is the most droppable because they've, they, they're they already done. speculating that he's that he's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, McCullers has the dual shoulder elbow. But uh, if he but comes back, he's so good. The potential is. Strikeouts, K-9 leagues, that sort of deal. And then, and he he was on TV. He I just saw a little clip on him saying he feels fine, but, you know, he's just got to rest for a little bit you know he thinks he'll be back fast but he you know he can't really say it's all timetable stuff i don't know he's young i don't know i think um i think his upside might make me keep him around yeah i think i i think mccullough salazar i'm doing everything i can to at least keep them on yeah. nola tehran i i i'm i'm moving on in situations where i'm pushed into that corner if you got a dl spot of course just put tehran there and don't worry about it nola you can pretty much just go ahead and cut right now um to free up a, if it frees up a spot for you to go get somebody um but otherwise the other three guys put on your dl if you can if you can't with with tehran you could cut them salazar mccullers probably cut other guys ahead of them on your DL to make space if you have to. And I know some of you have been tweeting, you know, your teams with six, seven quality guys on the disabled list. So you're going to have to make tough decisions even when somebody goes to the DL. I would try to prioritize these two, but if you're, if you're pushed up against the wall, maybe one of them has to go. And um, at that point, I think it would be McCullers because of the fact that we're, we're dealing with um, – like you said, the shoulder, which was already there, and then the elbow, which may have been caused by the changes that he had to make to deal with the shoulder. So there's the pitch. We're going to go a little bit lower for help. You know, Dan Straley, I had a long conversation with him uh, about why he's had some success right now, even with the bad velocity. He said that basically when he had even worse velocity, when he was down to 86 and 87, 
he had to learn how to pitch. So he's throwing everything right now. He's throwing change-ups to righties. Uh, he's throwing front door, back door, you know, throwing front door sinkers. Side door, too. Uh, he made up a new thing. He's going side <laughs> door on, on guys. It's crazy. It's don't crazy. even know where that door is. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why they can't hit it. He also had a quote that when I interviewed him, he said, hitters are stupid. It was interesting. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think Dan Straley would go on the record with that. But he said, yeah, hitters are stupid idiots. Uh, well, and his next his next <laughs> opponent is, is Pittsburgh. You know, the offense hasn't really been clicking. So, um no, it, he's been he's been doing work though. I, you know, making I'm making jokes here, but but he's been really doing work. Hasn't given up more than three since his final start in June. That's a that's a six start stretch for Dan Straley, in which he's gone 39 and two thirds innings, only 27 strikeouts though, um, 11 walks, 11 earned runs. So 250 ERA means obviously two 2.5 walks per nine, five bombs. You know, bomb per start except for one of them when he went a uh, seven shutout against Milwaukee. It's it's on the wire a little bit in terms of uh, you could definitely see it go go sideways out that side door, but I, I like where it's been going right side now. Side door Straley, baby. Side door Straley. I think that uh, you know. You can you can roll with it in certain situations. Some of these dire situations where we're talking about where you might have two or three of the guys that we just went over. If you pick up a Straley, I can get it, but be careful, like be ready because you know if it's a really hard, difficult start coming up, maybe like a Cubs in Wrigley, you pass it on that one. Or if he gets that first rough up and you think it might might be going uh, down a bad path, I'm okay cutting him. He's not somebody I'm looking to keep on the team right now. In uh, in the shallower leagues where he's going to be available, but otherwise, side door Australia, I think you can you can take a look at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think definitely when like at Pittsburgh is a great matchup. Uh, at home is a little bit worse, but if it's at home against a lesser offense, maybe it's okay. What about uh, like uh, uh, we're still going kind of deep here? What about like a Matt Andrees who's looking to come in for Matt Moore after they traded him? Mm, you know. He's weird. He doesn't have like one thing that really speaks for him in terms of uh, his pitches, but and I think some of his upped strikeout or up whiff rate right now is due to a little bit more velocity coming out of the pen. Um, but um, he really has a great feel for pitching. He's really good command. So he might be one of those guys who's a little bit better than his projections or a little bit better than his strikeout minus walk rate, basically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, look at that 367-122 steamer projection. That's basically Tehran. Yeah. I mean, in terms of projections, yeah. Three six. You said one two two. That's exactly two, what Tehran would have had as a projection. Obviously, he was beating that this year. But if you're looking for right. somebody, and and of course, uh, Andres is so far this year as well. He's at two seventy two one oh three. So his current numbers are pretty close to Tehran as well. Real relieving a little bit, absolutely. but yeah, absolutely. But I think that's a that's a good pickup. Uh, another one, if you want a little bit more lightning in a bottle, Tyler Skaggs. Yes, uh, he's pitching well. For sure, he was pitching well in his rehab starts. I mean, what, did you have you gotten a chance to see him at all? I haven't yet, uh, unfortunately, but I want to see. I saw a little bit. The real nice thing is the bite on his. He's got ride and and just the big velocity. Remember, he had he had velocity. Then Arizona like tried to change his arm slot because they were worried he'd get hurt. Then he lost velocity, and then he went to uh, he went to Anaheim back and to they Anaheim. put him back his old. Uh, they put him 
Was it back? Oh, yeah, remember he was in the Dan Heron trade. Oh, God, it was all over the place. Anyway, uh, he uh, they changed his arm slot again. He got the velocity back, then got hurt. Well, you know, he's back from Tommy John, and he kept the velocity, kept the arm slot, has 11 and a half inches of ride. So that's that's two and a half inches more than our average. So that's a real nice fastball, and that's going to lead to pop-ups. Uh, the curve is really big, and it's a little bit slow, but he's getting called strikes on it. He's getting called strikes on the curve. So I think that the change you know, has good movement. He hasn't been getting a lot of whiffs on it yet, probably because he's not getting a lot of swings on it. Yeah, it's got the lowest swing rate of anything. Uh, but in terms of movement, it looks good. It's good enough to make him have a three-pitch combo. Um, I, Of all the names we've said, if, if you and you've just lost like a McCullers, like you, you need like a home run swing, I'd pick up Tyler Skaggs. So in fact, going back to that other team, um, I'm going to look now at his opponents real quick. Mr. Skaggs. Uh, wait, I just, what? There he is. At Seattle. One, two, three, four. At Cleveland. I'm taking him. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to probably go Skaggs and Joe Ross for my pickups. But I think uh, all the names we've said are decent for pickups. Skaggs don't even need a nickname, dude. It's like it's Skaggs. Skaggs. It's, boss, it's boss Skaggs. Yeah, that's uh, there you go. Boss Skaggs, you got to get him. You got to get him. You know, I, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally down with that. Um, hopefully, he doesn't hit any snags. I just want to say that. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's talk about some pickup or, or some, some call ups because it's, it's been a nice rush of call ups lately. I want to highlight three of them of, of very big prospects who could be impactful down the line here. Gary Sanchez was a guy you got to interview at the Fall League. Uh, I was able to sit in on that. It was really interesting. I thought he was, uh, through his translator, you know, really sharp is what I took from him as, as a young kid in terms of knowing his weaknesses and understanding what he had to work on. You know, sometimes you hear these guys and the, they think everything's roses and, and, and rainbows and everything's working out perfectly. He's like, no, no, I, got, I had to be, I had to get better at being a catcher. And so that's what I've been focusing on because I already know that I can rake. Now, he didn't say that last part, <laughs> but that was kind of, you know, not implied, but it was, it was there, right? Uh, listen, yeah. the hitting piece is not the thing that was a problem for, for Gary Sanchez. He needed to figure out how to be a catcher because going up to New York and being a DH with all the players that they had was going to be difficult. And he's only 23. You don't want to be a DH at 23. Well, he's figured it. Speaking of his first, his first try this time was at DH. It it was. And uh, because Alex Rodriguez has just been brutal, man, for as good as he was last year, he's been like equally as bad this year. And I mean, he's almost off the team. I was going to say, we're waiting I feel like the negotiations are going on. We're waiting for the time that we're podcasting and the breaking news is Alex Rodriguez has been cut because yeah. it has been a nightmare. Um, and so there, there are going to be some DH opportunities for him. And I feel like he and McCann, Gary Sanchez and McCann could kind of go back and forth there, uh, you know, give McCann a few breaks from, from catching. Can Gary Sanchez be a high impact bat for you if he's getting – you know, not having the the playing time of a catcher, but instead more of a full time guy by DHing when he's not catching. Yeah, I mean, I think that him and McCann, I think, are really gonna gonna you know trade off, like you said. And um, uh, Gary Busey Sanchez, uh, that, <laughs> that 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 one's not gonna 
That one's not going to catch on. Uh, <laughs> it makes literally no sense, but I no love it. Hey, you know who else makes no sense? Gary Busey. Boom. It makes now, right, now it all boom. comes together. So it all makes sense. Uh, but uh, Gary Busey, uh, I think, is probably going to look a little bit like the average catcher line, except I think there have been a lot of people who have had a hard time getting to that average catcher See, line. I would so. take average. Catcher has been – well, worse than Alex Rodriguez' nightmare this year. It's been yeah. horrific. If you don't have a couple guys that have stood out, like a Wilson Ramos kind of getting back on track, uh, Posey and LaCroix were the two that, that we kind of expected. Other than that, it's been like Ramos, Real Muto, and then it's a drop-off even to like a Perez, Sal Perez, a Brian McCann himself, and, and, and that's it. Like it, It's been bad. Uh, Evan Gaddis so like, has had some flashes. I think he can maybe do like 250, 15 home run type stuff. And uh, which would, you know, translate to about two fifty and five home runs. But take it. Yeah, I'll take it I mean, right now. I think it's probably top 12. Yeah. It, 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 catcher has been so awful. I feel well, like leagues are going to want to We got to do. Can you get with this? Can you get with that? Let's do it. Let's talk some catchers then. What about Kurt Suzuki, who's hilariously 13th uh, at, on the player rater at ESPN? That's the only reason I'm bringing him up. Because he's actually that guy somehow. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's no Max Suzuki. Uh, what? He has a 152 ISO? He's hitting 283 with six bombs, dude. Jeez. I don't know what was up with Kurt Suzuki. He hit five all of last year and only 73 games this year. He has six. That axe bat. I don't know. I don't really blind. I don't really buy into that axe bat. I think. I think I'd make the shot. I mean, I'd make the switch. In terms of projections, it's it's all Gary Sanchez. It's got to be, right? I mean, c- yeah. come on. Um, the averages are about the same, and Gary Sanchez projected to have like a 170 ISO. What about a name who's a little bit more you know, uh, impactful, and we expected a lot more out of this here, even if the, the expectations were tamped down on Derek Norris? Is it Derek Norris for you? Because <laughs> I think it is for me, by the way. I think I would actually go with Sanchez. Like 192 oh, average. Man. The 12 Jesus. bombs and five stolen bases are, are look. The projected ISOs are about the same. Yeah, I'd go with I'd go with Sanchez. Take take the chance at lightning in a bottle. Okay, let's see. What about the sweet swing in Sandy Leone lately? He's been dominating, uh, or wow. he had that he had that run of dominance. I don't personally buy it, but uh, he does have a 1,001 OPS in 107 plate appearances. Yeah, Sandy Leone. He's 27 years old. Yeah, put up a he put, he put up a 21 OPS plus in 128 plate appearances last year. He's at 160 in 107 this year. Could you be on two ends of the spectrum anymore in the span of two seasons? And he's been he's now had uh, 500 AAA appearances, and he's been below league average in AAA. Yeah, so you I mean. Yeah. Definitely moving on. So you got somebody on the player radar that's 10, 11, you know, 9, 10, 11? Like Gaddis and Castillo are 9 and 10. Grandal's 11. Uh, yeah. Rupp, Cameron Rupp is I'd... 8. How is Cameron Rupp 8? Uh, Rupp is a stat cast darling. I, 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 listen, I, I'm clowning him because he's 8th, and I just don't know how because it was showing that he couldn't really hit righties for a while. But because lefties, he's always been able to kind of kind of knock around Longhorn as well, so I do have a little bit of affinity for him. But I'm I'm blown away that he's eighth. It's because he's been able to kind of hold his own against right. Maybe Rupp. Rupp, if you don't believe the projections favor Sanchez. 
but the stat cast, the numbers, Rupper hits the ball really hard. And uh, you could you could go with Rupp. I think the guys like Gaddis and Grandal, you just got to stick with because they've got the tools. And right now they're kind of you know playing okay. One other guy. And one other guy. They don't have, they don't have adjustments really in front of them. You know Sanchez might have adjustments in front of them. What about Yachty? He's even uh, higher. He's seventh with a 267. Uh, excuse me. He's a 275 with three homers, three three swipes. The playing time has got to be the batting average and the playing time have got to be what's what's really carrying him. Those counting numbers are t- terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I think if I needed power, you know, what's, I might what's take a 78 average versus a 250 average coming from catcher where they For don't two months. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I would go I think I would go with Sanchez there. I know it seems crazy, especially because of the name value of a Yachty. I think maybe you could even trade a Yachty then. Go find somebody Can else we- with catcher issues. And and trade Yachty for maybe a tiny little upgrade somewhere. If, Can we just call him it. neck tattoo? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I got a friend uh, who or scary mofo. <laughs> I got a friend who uh, is a Reds fan, so not a, not a Cardinals fan at all. Who calls him neck tat very derisively? <laughs> uh, you know. Hey, hey, I he's a really good catcher. I don't. I know tremendous Cardinals fans. No, <laughs> I uh, find that neck tattoo a little scary, I'm, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a prude. I don't like neck tattoos. The, 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 I can't get behind. The, it's, so, it's so all or nothing. What if he wasn't a baseball player? That's that's the thing. And um, for me, it's a little bit more of a practical thing. I just think about how much it would hurt. Obviously, <laughs> a, tattoos in general would probably hurt, but on the neck? Are you kidding me? I do not want a neck tattoo. Felix Hernandez, this goes to you as well, okay? Uh, Roll this Chapman. If you're out there, half half of UFC, you have neck tattoos as well. So uh, I'm just I'm just not on the neck tattoo train. I'm sorry. Next up, Orlando Garcia, shortstop, Milwaukee. Remember when the 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 consensus or 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 at least a vocal minority was. Hey, he's going to be up after a couple weeks because Jonathan VR sucks. They're just letting him place hold, and then it'll be Arcia. A couple of weeks or four months, you know, whichever, whichever. <laughs> uh, you know, Jonathan VR beasting a fantasy all-star for sure. Maybe could have been a real-life all-star hitting 298 with eight bombs, 40 swipes. He does have a, a league-high 12 caught stealing. But uh, the 40 for 52 is, is 77%. That's still plus. You're still fine there with that steal rate. So I don't get hung up on the fact that he also has 12 caught. It's just because he goes. He's been great, but uh, VR is going to shift over to third for Arcia. Wait, what about Hernan Perez? What about him? I know he's been raking lately, but uh, I don't think that they necessarily buy in. in well, I mean, I'm not saying that he needs to change everything. Where's he playing? Right field. Ooh, they moved him out to the outfield. Uh, so Scooter Jeanette survives by the teeth of his, by the skin of his teeth. teeth. Oh yeah, because he has. Uh, they've been maybe planning for this. Then Hernan Perez does have 16 games there. This is not a new thing, uh, yeah. and even a game in left, so they can move him to the outfield. Interesting. And yeah, by the way, I, I figured you're bringing him up because he's actually been kind of a fantasy stud a little bit here. Eight yeah. bombs, 19 stolen bases, and a 296 average in his 214 plate appearances. Another. Solid middle infielder in the uh, Eugenio Suarez that the Tigers just gave away, just pissed him away. So sorry. But you know what? Look at his uh, ISOs before this year, and they're all .08, basically. So He he actually – 
he actually no ordered the balls to be changed. Um, it, wa- <laughs> it wasn't Rob Manfred. Hernan Perez is who you want to talk with because uh, he, he, he facilitated the whole thing. That's got to be a little bit of a mirage. I mean, he did start hitting the ball hard in AAA. I, I don't know where Ruiz AAA is. Let me see real quick. Oh, it's in Colorado Springs. Oh, Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah, they got the hot potato that is Colorado Springs. Sorry, that... I, I don't quite believe. I think Perez will be a decent utility guy for them. Him playing the outfield probably means that he'll be like the fourth outfielder type when Santana's healthy. Brett Phillips is going to get a chance at some point. I mean, they've got they've got the makings for a great outfield. Lewis Brinson's going to get a chance. So uh, I, I don't think that Hernan Perez is a good keeper asset. He, you know, while he's playing well, still, that, right, right that sentence should make everybody feel gross inside. If you say <laughs> while he's playing well, then you have to realize – that he hasn't played well for most of his career, and that you're you're just uh, you're shooting at a moving target a little bit. Now I heard some. I want to say maybe it was Todd Zoll or, or Derek Van Riper. Derek Van Riper, I believe, uh, brought this to my attention that there were some grumblings that maybe Orlando Arcia was a little bit bored with AAA, and maybe that's why his numbers weren't as good. Uh, sometimes that could be the truth. Sometimes Lindor that be- Lindor said it was an actual thing. And interestingly enough. He comps somewhat well to Lindor in that he's a glove-first guy who I think gets translated in the fantasy community to glove only. Remember we made that – I say we as a fantasy baseball community, not necessarily us specifically – made the mistake of thinking, okay, since he's glove-first at shortstop, he doesn't really hit, and all he's done is hit since he's come up. I don't know if RC is going to take the league by storm quite like that, but can we see a high-impact middle infielder here out of Orlando Arcia for the last two months? I wanted to go Wizard of O, but that works so much better for his brother. That's true. It really brother does. Oswaldo. He should, he, that should be the Wizard of Oz right there. So I'm going to go with Orlando Bloom. Uh, got... <laughs> You're just naming celebrities <laughs> that they have no link. By the way, come up with two more irrelevant celebrities right now than Orlando Bloom and Gary Busey. Hey, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, I'm dating myself with all these nicknames. I love it. I you can make the... Will the bloom come off the rose? Oh, you bring it right back around. Just when I think, <laughs> just, just when I when think, I your think. Head is way up your butt. Yep, you you, you <laughs> redeem yourself. I love it. Okay, I'm back on board with Orlando Bloom Arcia. I'm a little bit worried about the whiffs. The whiffs have gone up every single level, mm-hmm. and they're you know he hasn't done a lot of repeating levels, so we can't tell. If he hasn't ever repeated level, no, he is. So it's year, a year, new level, year, new level, and a new strikeout rate and a new higher one. <laughs> so and then, you know, you know, then you get to here and should be higher even, which means you're most likely looking at a guy who's going to walk five percent of the time, strike out twenty percent of the time. That's not. That's really bad for uh, OBP leagues. Uh, it's just not gonna not gonna set himself up for a good OBP. He could still have a decent average if he's like a raker, you know, and uh, hits the ball hard because he does, he, you know, his his ISOs pretty much went up at every stop too. Mm-hmm. So there is some power in there. It's not just uh, stick. It's not just glove and and, and run. So seventy two percent base stealer with one hundred and four stolen bases. He had fifteen this year in the one hundred games that he played, but twenty five, thirty one, and twenty in his full seasons. Uh, the three years before that, he is just twenty one. Um, is Orlando Arcia. So, you know, he's a young guy, probably going to need some adjustment. But if you have Trevor Story, who's uh, out, you know, who's done, do you just take the shot? And, and I know that you're not going to get the same production by any stretch, obviously, 
Trevor Story would play himself into like the second round with what he's been doing. Do you just make the uh, the automatic change there? Is that something that you'd go for, or would you look for something better on the wire? I think that's uh, you know you're not probably going to get a lot better. Diaz just went. Lesmus Diaz just went on the on the DL too. So, exactly. So you know, there's a couple people out there searching. Johnny Peralta could be a on good his pickup. way back. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's a little bit more on the power end if you're that's what you're looking for from Story. If you needed stolen bases anyway, you might as well you know check out Arcia because he's got even more of a run guy. Uh, Marcus Simeon is available in 50% of leagues on Yahoo. And everyone knows how we feel about Marcus Simeon. By the way, uh, raking this year. I know he's only hitting 234, but you're getting 22 bombs out of shortstop. Yeah. You, you can make and that work. And, yeah. yeah. And nine, nine swipes so far. So he's going to get double digit. He's probably going to go at least like 27, 13. And you can cover a batting average. He hit 257 last year. So if you had high expectations for the batting average, as Tyler Skaggs would say about, or who who did I say called hitters idiot? Oh, Dan Straley, uh, you're you're an idiot if if you if you thought you were going to get some excellent batting average. So, Semyon for all he's he's been good. He's been good this year. I think he's get somebody this, you can get maybe get. I'll, get I'll take Semyon. I'll take Semyon over over. Yeah, him. yeah. yeah. Uh, I, mean, I got three new names. Go ahead. Get with this. Get with that. Elvis Andrews, Zach Cozart, Javier Baez versus Orlando Arcia. Yeah. Man, why'd you come up with tough ones? You should. Why, why can't you say Freddie Galvis, uh, Jed Jerk? You know, ones that I can Brad easily Miller. do. Um, man, I've been impressed with what Cozart's been doing. I gave him a second look recently, and when you kind of look at what he did last year, his his season was ended by injury last year, but he'd been doing some good work, and he's kind of carried it over to this year. I think I'll stick with with Cozart. Baez yeah. is another guy I've come around on a just, bit, and just sexy time right now. I mean, just He's like so power good. and speed, and well, and they playing. love his defense, so they will put yeah. him in. And I'm gonna go Baez, and who was the other? Uh, Elvis Andrews, who oh. profiles a little bit more like Garcia, um, like Garcia, yeah. but is way higher floor. I think I gotta go. I think I gotta go Andrews as well. Yeah, it's just that the floor is so much higher. I mean, he's hitting 290, 13 steals. And he's in that lineup. I mean, you're going to you're gonna just – you show up for, for the game and you're going to score some runs 75. and drive some uh, drive some ribbies in. Just just showing up to be in that oh, we haven't We haven't found his level then. Eugenio Suarez. Okay. Uh, we already sort of derided the idea of Brad Miller uh, or – Wait, we didn't talk Brad Miller. Okay, well, I'll throw. If you, I just well, feel like we'll found it then. For me, I found it. Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez, I probably might keep it short over him because because a lot of power and stealing bases. But Brad Miller, Jed Jerko, anything below that, I'm not that interested in. So, Bad Miller for you? It's Bad Miller? Oh, there you go. For you. Because you know what? I'm looking at 17 bombs, though, out of him, and they're getting him off a shortstop for Matt. Matt Duffy's going to play shortstop per, per Colette. Uh, I mean, he didn't decide that. I think the Rays actually decided that, and then he read the news and told, <laughs> and told me on the podcast. But that's where that's where I heard it from. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overrating. You know, moving off of a de- how much does defense affect guys? I'm sure it's 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 different for every guy. But if he's if he's out there, you know, worrying about his defense and and it's I don't know. I just get too much of a like Danny Espinosa vibe. I mean, Danny Espinosa has 18 homers and seven stolen bases, but. 
some of these guys aren't going to have a good batting average. I think this is like almost a high watermark for Brad Miller batting average wise. Here's the thing. I believe power wise too. I'd rather, I, I believe Danny Espinosa's power before I believe Brad Miller's power. I agree with you there. And I will take the shot on Arcia because with two months left, let me, let me take my shot on, on catching that lightning in a bottle because if he goes, if Arcia goes Alex Bregman on us and he's like one for 35 to start, I'll just go get Brad Miller. Like, why do I have to keep Brad Miller right now? I don't think anybody's running to get him, especially with the Duffy news. Exactly. So, and if, that, if somebody fine. takes him, him, there's probably Espinoza. Yep. Or you know, uh, you know, Suarez, uh, you, who you mentioned. Yeah. Somebody. That, that's the, that's a grouping there, and your fallback really at the back end is probably like Wilmer Flores against lefties. Maybe you do some sort of platoon situation. So. Yeah. You, uh, you sold me. You sold guys. me. He, Cesar Hernandez, you know, if it doesn't work out, play Cesar Hernandez at short. Uh, there's some options. Next up, Andrew Benintendi for, for Boston. This nickname already built in. Jesse Spector was the one I saw do this one. He calls him Andrew Benintendo, and I like that. <laughs> it's just it, it, if, if the last letter in his name was an O, that's exactly how you would spell it. It would be Nintendo. Well, just to continue my my terrible theme of, of... A- Andrew, uh, God, Andrew McCarthy. That is that the '80s actor? Oh, I, I imagine. Although he looks a little bit like uh, McCar- Andrew McCarthy, uh, and you put him in the in a box with um, Michael J. Fox, and you sort of shake it. I like it. I like and then, it. well, you need some. You need some like sort of curly locks. Um, who, who are we missing? That yeah, uh, think. he's got he's got great hair. He's got some some really good lettuce. Uh, <laughs> who else does does Andrew B. Nintendo look like, guys? There's somebody out there. It's on the tip of my tongue. I cannot. It's like a character actor type. I don't know. I don't have it right now. But uh, don't worry. Eno will give you some '90s '80s actor. <laughs> that, that he that for for his nickname. But we're going with B. Nintendo right now. That's We've better. been waiting for this call up. Dude rakes. Um, was drafted last year, you know, made it all, uh, all the way up this year after, you know, two levels last year that he did well, two levels this year. Hasn't he, this is coming up from double A where he hit 295, 357, 515 with eight and eight. He was eight for 15 on the basis. So I'd be careful expecting anything uh, steals wise because the double A guys had him flummoxed. Uh, and if that's the case, the major league guys could really get him. Or maybe it was just some bad luck. I don't know. But I'm not expecting any stolen bases. He is expected to hit coming up, though, and there is a left field spot where he's going to have some, at least the strong side of a platoon, I believe, uh, as a left-hander. What do you think about Andrew being Nintendo? You think he'll be uh, PlayStation 4, or is he going to be Nintendo? <laughs> 64. I yeah. uh, no, I, I I like him a lot in terms of power and play discipline. Ooh, real nice stuff. The... The, he he didn't he jumped right into the, into the fire. His second at bat ever was against Edwin Diaz, who we're going to talk about in a moment. Uh, so don't go too crazy on him. No, no, it's all right. But I, I, you're so right about jumping into the fire. Like good luck against this guy. He's been so far out of his mind. It's been amazing, Edwin Diaz. We're going to definitely get we're in on him. Jumping one bullet point, we can do it. No, of course, fine, so fine. Let's do Edwin it. Edwin Diaz it. ranks in the 97th percentile in everything. He's un. Real everything. right now, Eno. Swing strike rate, velocity, like everything good and everything bad, you know, in the good way. 
Yeah, I mean, he is just nasty, nasty. He throwing, he's throwing that thing to the center of the zone, and nobody can do anything about it. That game yesterday was really, you know, David Price absolutely mowing him oh, down. God. They, and then Zunino takes him deep. Zunino God. goes yak on him. And then Cano oh. goes lefty-lefty on Fernando Abad, which obviously the nicknames write themselves, especially after that debut, I would it's say. It's so bad you can't even use the nicknames. No, no, you really can't. So they, they blow that game. It was a 4-0 lead. They lose 5-4. He shot it down uh diaz does and it honestly for for a, an august 2nd game you know it felt like a playoff environment when he came in they were so electric for for diaz in his first opportunity to close i don't think steve ciszek man you ain't you're not yeah. seeing the ninth inning again i, no, I, I i'm thinking honestly i'm gonna get nuts here and i'm gonna say edwin diaz top five closer the rest of the way i might be yeah. underrating him no, I, I I wished I had enough money in my FAB to, to go get him. Um, this and... was this has been a tough year, you know, if you spent early because there's been so much goodness coming the close, up. Lately. Remember when we were talking early on? We're like, the clothes aren't changing. Yep. What's going on? And now it's all happening now. Completely flipped over, and so, studs are coming available. Like there are leagues where Dylan Batances is available, believe it or not, and he's closing. And people who were reactionary on Kelvin Herrera, and then Wade Davis gets hurt again, so Herrera was back out on the wire. Jake Barrett, before obviously this blow up, he throws yeah. gas and looks sharp. Edwin Diaz is an absolute monster. All these potential studs are coming, and I'm a doof who spent uh, my money in a bunch of leagues where I just I don't have the I don't have the bullets to go get these guys, unfortunately. God. What about Ken Giles? Will Harris is on my tout team. Yeah, oh, and, and man, Ken, I got no money left. We got to give credit to Colette because he's been beating the drum that the skills were still the best for Giles. And that yeah. was going to get and, this job. And anybody who knows my my magic sauce there, ooh, yep. that sounds really gross. Uh, anybody who knows about my magic sauce, um, Eno Magic knows, Sauce Saris <laughs> knows that uh, it's velocity and strikeout rate, which uh, Giles had on on Harris, so that made him a, a decent uh, a pickup. Yeah, I think Giles and 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 Diaz are the best pickups. Uh, the next tier unless, down, unless Herrera is available, I, I want to state that because uh, I love yeah, Kelvin. Yeah, but you know Herrera, I think yes, he's in that tier. But with Wade Davis possibly coming back, I mean, I don't think he is. This is an issue that he had earlier. But you have to admit that you can't say it's a hundred percent. That's yeah, right? that's true. That's true. So so I would put him in the tier, but third. Whereas uh, Diaz is not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And I don't Giles, Giles. May is on a closer carousel, so and he he's had bad times. So I think he's second. But the fact that there's no way Davis, there's nobody else. There's like they played the hot potato, and you know if they go away from Giles, they have to go back to someone who's done it before, which is I well, think a little bit weird. Well, Gregerson's hurt, so they'd have to go back to Harris right away. Right. So that'd so be kind of awkward. Yeah, that would be awkward. So I think it is Giles. Uh, I, I would go one, two, three there. Tear break. Then you've got your Thornburg. Um, who, Barrett. Give me some other. Barrett. Uh, Thornburg's ahead of Barrett. Thornburg's a better pitcher. Um, um, who are the other? God, there's another one that I can't think of. Let me pull up a, a list here. I'll do it. Don't worry, guys. Cam oh, yeah. He, he's looking like he's going to take Cam that Petrosian role. Cam is a better pitcher than Thornburg and, uh, and who? Barrett. Barrett. Yeah. But, but. Is Houston Street like dead? Exactly. I mean, there are. He looked dead. I have corpses on my team that have been pitched better than him, though. I, I'm in. I'm in a corpse league, 
and he was only a second round pick. There were some. I really like Bedrosian, so I would say that Bedrosian may be the best of the three. Bedrosian was was being groomed for this. Like this was the thing that he was supposed to kind of come together last year. They were hoping, and it just didn't really work out. He couldn't find the zone with any regularity, and so he get in situations where he kind of had to lay it in there. And so five point one walks, ten point eight hits. It was just kind of a tough situation for Cam Bedrosian last year. But this year he's really come in. 2.5 walks, 6.3 hits in 40 innings, 0.9 ERA, 0.98 whip, 11 and a half strikeouts. It's all good across the board for Bedrosian. So I really like him as well. How do we feel about, um, what was I going to say? The situation with, um, I'm super blank. Oh, Ryan Madsen has been rocky. You think Ryan Dull can take that? Uh yeah, although I don't know. They're, they're signaling the fact that they are selling, right? Mm-hmm. But- uh, so that might mean just keep Madsen in there, keep it cheap. Yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think that's probably what – and they're we bring that up for a lot of teams, and I don't think every team adheres to that. You know, Jake Barrett – by the way, of course, uh, like a money-saving kind of a savvy measure that teams could do. We know Arizona wouldn't do it. And I'm, I'm fine with Barrett closing, but, you know, we talk about, okay, putting in the veteran to not run up the arbitration number. They're like, nah, whatever. We don't care, even though we're dead last. Um, God, they're such a poorly run team. I, I feel bad, Arizona fans. Sorry. But Daniel Hudson hasn't done anything. There, there's nobody they really had. Madsen they have. They have him for multiple – he's already locked in for a couple of years. Ben Rocky is, is la- the last month, really. It was a really tough month. For him, he took his ERA up almost a full run. If they start run. winning, I think Dahl is interesting. But we've got uh, we've got Bedrosian, Thornburg. You got to put those guys ahead of him. Bedrosian, Thornburg, and Barrett. I would uh, put all three of them Barrett. ahead of of Dahl. And then Dahl's in the. Uh, I think Dahl and Ryan Presley. Those are, are the speculations. The speculation types. Yeah. What about another one here for you? And you and we talked about you. You hinted at it earlier. AJ Ramos has been. <laughs> Horrible lately. Three earned runs on July 25th. Three hits uh, say, uh, escaped giving up runs, but three hits allowed on July 30th. And then three more earned runs and a blown save on a walk-off wild pitch today. It's Fernando Rodney knocking back on the door. Remember, he was great for San Diego. He was traded over to, to give them a, you know, some, a nice one-two punch. Are they going to flip? Rodney's got to be the best speculation pickup right now. 100%. Rodney... Uh, over uh, Ryan Presley, Kinsler kind of blew a slave. Uh, I might take him over Barrett. I like Barrett. I do. I just got done saying I like him. But, but, if, but if I really need day, the saves. Bad but, day today. Yeah. You know, Arizona's not creating a lot of saves. It may be a, a FUBAR uh, bullpen there because Daniel Hudson, we have him in the first chair and he's FUBAR. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randall Delgado. Is uh you know has the skills and uh, has been never okay. seems to put it together right like he's had the skills for for, for how long I've, I've been on the Brian uh, Randall Delgado train multiple times and it just never really seems to to come to fruition for him so it's just kind of like There's, uh, so let me just name some other names Nate Jones who uh, Nate Jones Nate Jones uh, Corey Kniebel behind Thornburg mm-hmm. um. Neftali Feliz, Watson just seems fine. Yeah, and they got, 
you know, they got Bastardo in that deal, I think, to make sure that they had a lefty that they could they could rely on in the midst of, you know, uh, Jeremy Jeffress, Sam Dyson. They're basically clones. So I think they're just going to stick with the status quo. What about this is this is a little bit off the off the radar. Addison Reed with uh, with Familia's struggles recently. Yeah, and Reed's been really good this year. He's a top 20 strikeout minus walk rate. Uh, it's just, uh, he's uh, he's a 92. It's pretty bad, closer velocity. Yeah, Familia yeah. can still yeah. pump it in there. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'll stick around. So I think my favorite uh, pickups who are not now closers are uh, Fernando Rodney, Ryan Presley, and Nate Jones or Mauricio Cabrera. Nate Jones is just because David Robinson looks kind of hurt. He, it just, yeah, it's not good. It's not been good. And uh, Jim Johnson can easily be waiver dealt. They're just they're just trying to pump that value a little bit to get something, just a little yeah. something. And give me a PTBNL. Yeah. Actually, that's Jim Johnson's nickname. Boom, <laughs> Jim PTBNL Johnson. Um, it's, just, I, it's, a, it's a little bit of a mouthful. I think they couldn't quite get something uh based on the short sample that they had so they said you know what we can move him in august pretty easily we'll wait for it um you know we're going to close out with a couple of interesting guys um one who i know we believe in because we we hyped him up on this podcast and if you listened to Eno's thoughts on max kepler then maybe you've been enjoying the 12 home runs since july 1st and mlb high and then another uh youngish guy actually not not too young 26 year old jabari blash Hit his first homer today. I think there. I think there's some excitement being generated. I think you're going to put some cold water on that. But let's talk Kepler first. Let's get on the exciting side of it first and talk Max Kepler. Again, you pumped him up before. We we, we had you ahead of the curve on that one. If you listen to the show, he's been a monster. Uh, what more can we expect here? Just uh, 12 home runs a month for the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, more importantly, what should the nickname be? It's we have an amazing opportunity here. We have a German person. Yes. And I'm a German person. You are. And I don't want to mess this up. Obviously, uh, the American side is going to go Mad Max. Sure. There's anybody named Max is going to they're going to put the Mad in front of it, and at least in headlines, I find that a little bit boring. I think we should go with Auschbombe. What the hell and, does that mean? <laughs> it's uh, basically cannonball. I love it. I but, love uh, it. Literally, it's ass bomb. I so love it, it even more. You call him ass bomb. <laughs> ass bomb. And then he has his own. His his t- Twitter handle is Keploroni. So ass bomb Keploroni. That's uh, that's such typical German humor. That is just so bad. He's just out of his mind, though. He's just crushed. Yeah. The homer he hit yesterday off of Carrasco was such a moonshot, and it got out. Not only was it super high and just a, a great bomb, but it also got out so fast. So, you know, not only crushing so, the ball uh, distance-wise, but just speed. I'm, I've been very impressed by so I, I so I ran the I ran the numbers for him and and actually his exit velocity is not impressive. Oh come on, ass bomb! I know. And the problem is, uh, this is the, the only wrinkle is so the, the the exit velocity is not impressive. And if you do a comp based on how many balls he hits in the ideal launch angles and his exit velocity in those launch angles and his average launch angle, um, you find out that his comps are guys like Yonder Alonso. Um, uh, Robbie Grossman, Joe Panic, Chase Utley, Chase Headley. Those are different Basically, kinds of ass bombs. 
yeah, the other kind of ass bombs. And basically, uh, you would you would say that he has sort of like 15 home run power, which, to be honest, is sort of where the projections were before he got into the league. So you not, know, there was Kepler not, had that sort of that that one level one year power explosion in the minors, and you know if you reach anywhere beyond back back behind that, you would say uh, you would tamp down that uh, that power projection. So you know he is actually hitting sort of like the the guy who's projected to be, except these balls are going out. Now there is one little wrinkle: he's the only guy in his group of comps that hits the ball harder in general than he does in the home run launch angles. So ah. that's a weird wrinkle. And it's only, it was only true of 70 of the 320 players in my sample. Wow. So I think in general, you hit the ball harder in the ideal launch angles. Cause that's called squaring it up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's your true barrel, you know, hitting zone. But the flip side of that is I think that, if he is hitting the ball harder in these other zones, he might be, uh, and if you look at his sort of ground ball to fly ball rate, he might be more of a line drive guy than a power stroke guy, you know, okay. uh, if we're talking true talent here. So, you know, I think I side more with the projections uh, like steamer and depth charts, which say he's going to have like a 160 ISO going forward. That's, that's really interesting because if you give him that ISO with the current strikeout rate, and you look at his projections, he would be a worse deal going forward maybe than Benintendi. Mm. Because Benintendi is projected to come up and hit 290 uh, with similar power mm. and similar speed. So I was I hoping for Max, more, but you know. I know. I sold Max Kepler today. Uh, I was very sad about it because, uh, you know, Germans should, especially Germans in baseball, should have some solidarity. If you I hadn't planned- sold him yet, we weren't going to talk about him, by the way. We, t- we, we discussed that you had some, some uh-huh. not favorable news to, to, to highlight on him, and, and we weren't going to bring it up on the show if you hadn't sold him. So what what'd you end up getting? Yeah, it is actually interesting because I had this piece coming up today, and I furiously sent off a bunch of offers. I was chatting with you last night. I seriously, furiously sent off a bunch of offers because I knew they'd all read my piece. Of course. And then use it. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we read what you said. We don't want Yonder Alonzo for freaking <laughs> yeah. uh, Jacob DeGrom. Stop trying to do that to us, you know? Right. So I sent off a bunch of offers last night to try and get a picture. And a, an offer came together right as I was pubbing. And I just said, I got to pub it. And uh, it was just the Smurlock brothers who write for us. So I think they actually must have read it. And uh, they were happy with it because they probably saw those quirks and the projections are pretty good and they need uh, it's an OBP uh, slugging percentage league. And, you know, I'm offering them a guy who's going to be even if he falls back to projections uh, a better than average at OBP and better than average in slugging. So, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, they're finding they've got a mostly everyday guy that they're getting for Joe Ross and two weeks of Tony Watson. Now explain so that I got, work, um, how you guys can I got, do kind of like a transfer system. Here. Yeah, I just get two weeks of Tony Watson. But I'm happy to get Joe Ross. I need Joe Ross. Kepler gets replaced by a combination of Luis Valbuena and Seth Smith and Matt Duffy. Oh, Basically, platoon stuff to try and get up to that sort of 320, 400, 440 level that I think uh, Kepler is going to fall back to. As much as I love Kepler, I'm going to keep him in some other leagues. Um, I, I think in this league, it just made the most sense. I needed pitching. I'm like fifth or sixth right now. And I'm 19s and 20s, a 20-team league. I'm 19s and 20s in every offensive stat, which tells you how bad I am in the pitching stats. Oh, yeah, because so. that, that, that's 
that's huge to be rocking that kind of offense. So you could afford to make the move. Now we spent nothing on pitching, <laughs> and I guess I guess it's showing. I guess it's showing. But hopefully, yeah, I, my 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 stars going into the season uh, on the pitching side were Eovaldi, uh, Luis Severino, Ooh. and uh, Wei In Chen. Man, you know, coming into the season, I would have been like, "That's that you're gonna get it." You, those are some gambles. One of them's gonna pan out. None of them. Can Another one out. might do well enough, you know, for you to be all right. Maybe one of them will bust. Okay, all three busted. Sorry, sorry. I sorry. had to sorry trade Stanton for David Price and Francisco Lindor. And That's not a bad I, deal at all, though. I like that deal. And I had to trade. Um, I got Junior Guerra. Who did I get Junior Guerra for? He didn't pitch well today, by the way. Sorry. Oh, that was crappy. I traded a, a hitter for Junior Guerra already. Isn't it, isn't it weird that... Oh, I rented Billy Hamilton for two months or a month and a half. I rented Billy Hamilton for a month and a half and got the full season of Junior Guerra. And, oh, wow, and, and got, got some steals out of that, I'm sure, because anytime he's on the field, he can at least make some uh, get some steals. But that's about all Billy Hamilton does. Now, the other side of that, we talked. we said two guys here. Uh, Jabari Blash was part of the uh, the the blashed off blast off. The, the the blashed off home runs that uh, that we saw today from okay. the Padres. By the way, it's a weird world we're living in where you know sending your pitcher into Petco is not automatically great anymore. You you, you yeah. do have to kind of be worried. And they got a couple home runs today. They got tw- that, that twelve runs. It, yeah. it really did. It, it it these architectural changes um, can can be huge we talk about it with texas all the time san diego has undergone one it's not a bad park it's not like coors anymore but uh, or coors all of a sudden but it's no longer that automatic pitching friendly great place to pitch we've seen offense really take a rise there and they lost uh they they won padres won 12 to 3 blash hit his first homer this is a guy who's got some impressive minor league numbers you know but it hasn't really come together as a major leaguer already in his short sample uh prior to today he was only six for 34 that's a 176 average for those of you keeping track at home did get a hit today it was the first homer not a favorable outlook on jabari blash from some of the information that you got what can you tell us I heard that he whiffs on pitches in batting practice. Sick life, dude. That's a sick burn right there. That's unbelievable. Like, you do not see that. Like, no. You'll see some pop-ups every once in a while where they miss it. Uh, that that's that's a miss is a, is a pop-up, you know. Yeah. You do not see swings and misses in batting practice. No. So, uh, yeah, that 40% strikeout rate uh, projected to be 35% strikeout rate is going to – is going to keep him down. It's going to hold. Uh, he's also a righty, so you know, if they find him, if they find him a platoon role going forward, uh, he's just not going to be that valuable. I just uh, he'll he'll do some moonshots. Sure. Blashed off when he uh, when he catches it, it can be a blast off. But they're going to be few and far between. And with the power the way it is this year, it's just not really worth it. The the six five two hundred thirty five pound pound frame is enticing because of the power. But uh, the baseball reference, the holes too. baseball reference tells it all. His top position listed is pinch hitter. I mean, sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet life you got going there. Uh, yeah. I mean, he is still a major league player. It is a pretty sweet life, let's be honest. But uh, we just don't see a whole lot coming out of Jabari Blash. Blashed off, 
not going to be there. You know, that's it, man. We just we just murdered this podcast, the the nickname edition. I think it was. Uh, hopefully, it'll be well received. And then again, you guys can guess which of those nicknames, those Tell amazing. Us which ones do you like the best? Yes. First off, which maybe, ones do you like the best? Maybe one of them will actually stick. <laughs> Probably, if I had to pick which one's going to stick, I would put put all of my money on Gary Busey Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. This is not Ass Bomb? <laughs> no, Ass Bomb is legitimately the best one, and I hope that that's the one that everyone votes for. Just let us know on Twitter which one you think will stick. You know, we're going to go. I'm going to get this posted, eat some dinner, and we'll be back on Friday. All right. Thanks for listening.